0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I wanna thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Welcome to TC. Man, Christmas at uh, TC is amazing. It's Great time of year. We're super pumped that all of you guys are here. And so, man, we're we're jumping straight into what we have for you today. And and man, I feel like lately, especially once you cross, th- I don't know what it is about turning 30, where you feel like your body's trying to kill you all the time, right? And so, things that I used to love, I can't, I don't love them as much anymore. Like I used to love, I man, I, I, and I still play basketball, but it takes me like three days to recoup from playing basketball now. You I, mean, I wake up the next day and I'm like, I don't, I I think my body wants me. This is the end. Actually actually. So, uh, and, and, and uh, but all the things that I love, I feel like are trying to do that. Even food. I love food, right? Bro, when in my 20s, I could kill 20 hot wings three minutes before bed, wake up the next day on three hours of sleep, and tackle the world, right? Now, if I eat after 7, I'm waking up at 3 a.m., like, oh, this is it. The Lord's taking me right now. This is, right? <laughs> so, like, all, all the things in life that I love, I feel like even golf, I've been, me and Nathan playing golf a lot lately, and, and uh, even as we play golf, like, I got to take four ibuprofen for my shoulders, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what is, what is going on? And so, literally, everything I love right now, I feel like it's trying to kill me. Golf off, food. I love my wife. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cry for help, really. No, I so, but like we, we're in a situation where, uh, man, I, I feel like that's the case because I'm constantly trying to find things that I love, things that make me happy, right? And uh, so I'm in this pursuit of joy and I'm trying to find things that, are, that, that make me happy. And I think all of us enjoy doing that, finding things that make us happy. And, and so in our pursuit of things that are making us happy, uh, a lot of times we end up in situations where we're trying, like, you can, you can accomplish a lot for your happiness, whenever you're eating. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I've never seen a miserable person over a plate of crab legs. I'm just saying that garlic butter, the dip. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I've never seen a miserable peer. I've never seen someone frown when they hit the cheese stretch on a slice of pepperoni. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You get the, you get the whole thing. I've never seen them like, man, that just never happened to me. It's never. Maybe it has to you. It hasn't happened to me, right? Playing golf, you're playing great, things are good, right? Why? Because listen, a lot of things happen. We we can find great counsel. We can, man, we can come up with great ideas when we're in a good mood around great things. The problem is a lot of times that can be hard. So what do we do? Naturally in our lives, we start trying to find things to help us, things to encourage us, people to give us ideas and help guide us through stuff. We call it counsel. We try to find people to give us counsel. And I even asked you guys, some of you on Instagram, I said, how where do you go to when you're trying to find counsel? Right? And, and this is some of the answers that when I need counsel, right, I need someone to speak into my life, I go to these places. And so this is just some of what you said. When, when I need counsel, I go to my parents. I go to my parents. Now, some of you are like, absolutely not. never, Like, never. <laughs> uh, but for some of you, that's where you go to when you need counsel. you said, when I need counsel, I go to my friends. Right? And I know some of your friends. And I'm telling you right now, don't, don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. Like, when I need counsel, I go to mentors. I go to people that have done bigger things, greater things. They've accomplished more in their life. I go to I go to mentors when I need counsel. Right? This this one actually, this next one showed up quite a few times. It said, "When I need counsel, I go to Google or YouTube." Y'all ever been sick and Googled your symptoms? Oh well, I'll be gone in a month. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's been a good run, guys. Love you. Right? So, like, you know, um, this next answer showed up multiple times, actually, and I thought it was hilarious. When I need, when I need counsel, I go to Pastor Brad's Instagram, right? So, uh, and I was like, all there are on there is pictures of food. <laughs> I was like, ah, I get it. I get it, right? Um, but but re- in all reality, this is, this is the answer that we got, right? And, and I think all of the answers are connected to this. When I need counsel, I go to people that I trust. That's the reality. We go to people that we trust when we need help. When we need someone to speak into our life, it's like, man, who do I trust and who do I trust to speak into my life? And that's ultimately kind of where we land. The problem, if, if you're anything like me, I think the problem we run into is sometimes God is last on that list. Yeah. Right? And I, would, I don't know that I would say it's because we don't trust him. I would think I would say that it's because in our pursuit, right, of something, in our pursuit of counsel, in our pursuit of help, What we often do, we're looking for something that can speak directly right now when I want it. And sometimes God doesn't operate on our clock that way. And even if he does operate on our clock that way, I need someone to say it out loud, put it in writing, right in front of my face. But how many guys know when God speaks, a lot of times it's an internal thing. So you hear it here and here and you're like, and how many guys, I don't know about you, I doubt everything when it's just me hearing it inside myself. You know what I mean? Like, that's a great idea. And it don't take long for me to like, that's a terrible idea. So the reality is, for many of us, we're, we're navigating trying to get counsel that way, right? Because here's, the, here's what I've realized. We're all in a pursuit after joy. We're all, like, we're all in a pursuit of true, authentic joy in our lives, and we need help finding it. That's the reality, right? We, we all need help. And, and here's the next thing that I'll tell you is oftentimes, oftentimes we fail to connect God's presence with the fullness of joy. So maybe you're guilty like me, where you're trying to find joy in all the things of this world, rather than recognizing that a big portion of having joy is actually having God part of your world. So here I am trying to find joy in everything. But listen, sometimes we don't connect the dots that God's presence and the fullness of joy, listen to me, they happen in the same space. You don't have one without the other, and you can't have one without the other. Now, you can have lots of happiness, but it doesn't mean you're going to have Joy, right? And I think this is the reality that a lot of us fall into. And this is why I think a lot of us, listen to me, I think a lot of us are going after constant places of happiness, right? For example, some of us are addicted to dopamine releases in our life. So dopamine is the thing, the chemical that's released in your brain when you're experiencing something that makes you happy, right? If you get a notification on your phone and it's a text message, it actually releases dopamine. When you have a notification on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, that releases a, a dopamine, right? Um, that's why when you log in, sometimes you don't even recognize it, but you're actually, when you see you have notifications, it does something in your brain, you get excited. That's dopamine. But also when you go to that website, you probably shouldn't. Right? When, when, when you sit down at the, at the gambling table, even though you know you have a problem, what is it doing? Those things are releasing dopamine. And I'm not here to hammer away at that. As much as I'm here to show you, I believe that with a desire for true joy, say joy, with a desire for true joy, we've settled for a steady stream of artificial temporary happiness. I'm going to say it again. With a desire for true joy in our life, we've settled for a steady stream of artificial and temporary happiness. So instead of having true joy, what do we do? We just keep introducing, as long as I can have little moments of happiness along the way, right? So for me, sometimes it's food. I'm not gonna lie to you. I got some Oreos right here, chocolate covered Oreos. Look at that. How many of y'all would like to? How many of y'all want one of these? I'm going to eat it right here in front of you, right? Some of you guys are like, uh, I'll take, how many dozen? How many, what are we doing? Yeah, right? And, and matter of fact, would you guys like some of these? I think our team is out there. Why don't we bring them in, guys? Bring in all the Oreos you got out there. Come on and make it happen. There it is, there it is. Put your hand up if you want something. They're giving them to you anyway. So go ahead, there you go. Dish them out quickly, guys, with haste. It's pep rally style. There you go, there you go. Throw them Throw them across if you have to. Now, if you're at home right now, this party's happening without you. So uh, I'm here to tell you right now, if you want shots of this, you got to be here. I just, unless you got Oreos in your cabinet, then you can go get some on your own. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But we got, we got some Oreos. Dish them out quickly, guys. Hurry up. Throw them if you got it. Just toss them out there. Get them out. Yes, sir. Amazing. You didn't expect this when you came to church this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Hand them out. Hand them out. Boom. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Look at this. That's what I, See, this is it. This is it. I'm telling you all right now. Joy, 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 joy. There you go. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, let's give it up for our team that brought them in. Thank you guys so much. Y'all are awesome. You never know what you're going to get around here. I'm telling you that right now. See? See, some of y'all have had Oreos in your cabinet for six months. You ain't touched them. But when we brought them in, you're like, I got to have these, right? It's because you didn't have milk. You didn't have milk. That was a problem. Yeah, no, I hear you, right? So, Here's the reality, right? Some of you just now, how many of you, be honest for a second. When they ripped in here with them Oreos, you, something happened on the inside. Come on, just be honest. You were like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So here's what I, I want to show you, though. The reality is those Oreos didn't bring you joy, but they did bring you happiness. And so here's what a lot of us have done. I'm going to just shoot straight with you. A lot of us are trying to create moments like the one we just had over and over and over again rather than just experiencing joy. And here, we think our life should be this super eventful, steady stream of rock star moments because if we can keep the happiness going, we don't have to know what it feels like to not have joy. Now, so I said that in the first service. Someone was like, I'm not eating these Oreos. And so I was like, no, 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 eat the There you are You can have Like, I don't want this happiness. No. (laughs) Eat the Oreos, right? But but here's the reality, right? It's not about a steady stream of happiness. It really is about having true joy. And so here's the question I have for you, right? What if we could have real joy that wasn't based on our circumstances? How many of you guys, if you're anything like me, like I said, this, this is one of those things that's for me as much as it's for you. How many guys will recognize, like me, right? That a lot of times you feel like having joy is having all the right things happening in your life. But joy is an internal thing. Happiness is an external thing. Joy is something you have inside of you. Happiness is something that's happening to you. And so today we want to talk about joy. Isaiah 9-6, this is the verse we're using for the whole series. It's talking about Jesus coming to earth, right? And he says, for us, a child is born, for uh, us, a son is given. And he says these things, and the government will sit on his shoulders. In other words, he'll rule, he'll reign, right? But then it goes on to describe what he'll be like, right? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. And I think those phrases right there, we want to hone in on those two words because it describes Jesus in a very particular way. Now, it goes on to say mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And we talked about prince of peace last week. But today I want to talk to you about wonderful counselor because I think in 2022, we've misunderstood what wonderful means. Right. In 2022, wonderful is like good. Oh, that's wonderful. Right. Like it's a pleasant experience. Kind of like how uh, I thank God for emojis now. But before emojis, you had to put LOL after everything. Or when someone said something to you, you hit them back with the LOL. Y'all remember that. Don't look at me like that. Right. These kids these days, y'all have no idea. It was a struggle to explain our emotions before, emojis. So it was like, we would hit you with an LOL. All that really meant was you breathed a little bit of air out of your nose. That's all it really meant. But in 2022, we read wonderful and we think of like good, pleasant. But what the Bible actually describes this word wonderful as is literally full of wonder. A couple of the other things is, is incomprehensible and then beyond your understanding. So let me put this whole picture together for you. If Jesus is our counselor, he's the one that helps us, but he helps us in ways that are beyond our comprehension. In other words, what Jesus does in our life is he is the counsel in our life that gives us something that goes beyond our ability to comprehend it. And does, not, does that not sound like joy to you? Because joy is having something inside you that even though the circumstances tell you to feel differently, you still have it, right? And so here we have Jesus doing that. And I think uh, when we read in this particular passage of the Bible, John chapter 15, we see Jesus walk us through this process. And that's what I want us to see today. In John chapter 15, we see him talk about how he's the vine and we're the branches. And so let's go to John chapter 15, verse 4, and let's look at what he says. He says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit. Say bear fruit. It cannot produce. It cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Abide means being connected, right? Resting in, right? Neither can you unless you abide in me. And so essentially what Jesus is saying here is if I were to take a branch off of an apple tree and bring it in here and just hang the branch, it's not just going to grow an apple, right? Because it's not connected to the tree, it doesn't produce fruit. And for many of us in our lives, we're trying to produce fruit, but we're not connected to the source. The vine is the root system. So some of us are trying to be good branches, but we're not connected to the root of Jesus. And he says all of those things are connected. But what does the fruit look like that we're supposed to bear? Well, Galatians 5, through 23 helps us out with that, right? And he says, but the fruit... Of the spirit. Now, the spirit meaning the spirit of God. So the evidence, the fruit that the spirit of God is here, right, in us is love. And what's the second one? Joy. Joy. And he goes on to say, right, for the sake of peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we have Jesus showing us what it means to have the Spirit of God in us, and joy is part of that. And that's what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes today. When we go back to John 15, verse 5, he he continues on, and he says, I am the vine. Jesus is talking, he says, I'm the vine, and you are the branches. So what do you say? I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And that's where I want us to understand as we kick this off today, apart from Jesus, listen to me, we can do nothing, but how many of us are trying to do everything apart from him? Like, is anybody else guilty other than me? So here's, here's the first thing I want you to understand is, as we get into this, joy is rooted in your connection with Jesus. Joy is rooted in your connection with Jesus. You see, many of us are trying to produce something. We're trying to make something happen. We're trying to accomplish something. We're trying to, in our life, work, degree, kids, school, whatever. We're, We're trying to make something happen because we believe if we can get the right circumstances, we can have more joy. Come on, help me out today. And the reality is this, it's not about the right circumstances. It's not even about doing the right things. As a matter of fact, I put under your notes like this. Activity may be the action, but productivity is the goal. Anybody ever felt like you were spinning your wheels before? Is that not the most frustrating thing in the world? Come on, help me out. Parents. Any parents in here, raise your hand for a second, right? Any of y'all ever cleaned up them toys just to hear that box dump out again three seconds later? <laughs> Tell me that's not the worst thing in the world, right? You're like, I just need a moment. I just need a moment right now. (laughs) Why? Because it doesn't feel good to keep trying to accomplish but feeling like you're going nowhere. Why? Because activity isn't the goal. Productivity is. It's not about being busy in life. It's about being productive in life. But a lot of times our busyness in life is trying to pursue the joy that, quite frankly, listen to me, the activity won't produce. Because it's not in the doing. It's in who you're connected with. And so what do we need? We need to be connected. So let's go back. John 15, what does it say in verse 6? So Jesus continues on to walk us through this. If anyone does not abide in me, connect to me, like you said, is thrown away like a branch and withers. Say that word, withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Anybody ever felt burnt out in life? Have you ever felt like you were like, Man, I, I'm, I'm cooking on all cylinders. I remember in my 20s, uh, in, by, by the time I was 28, I owned three companies, uh, worked a full-time job outside of those companies, and I volunteered 30 hours a week in ministry. So if all of you are like, choose me, Lord. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so cool time in my life. But... All that to say is, man, during this season there was it was just a lot of chaos, man. It was just like we were trying and trying and trying, and I'll never forget, man. Um, there, it was around the time I turned thirty. Um, maybe a little bit before thirty, uh, but it was around this season of my life. I was just going and going and going, working ninety, hundred hour weeks, like trying to make everything happen. I'm in mean, the grind, you know what I mean? I should. If Instagram was alive then, like the way it is now, with all these motivational speakers, I'd have been right in the thick of it. Like I just, I was doing it and going and going and going because I was trying to build something that I could be proud of. I was trying to build something for myself. I was trying to make things happen. And I'll never forget, uh, we went on a string of about six weeks in a row, and my body just, I woke up one morning, and my body started shutting down. And this was new to me. I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? And I had not been sick for years. Like, I didn't, no cold, no nothing. Like, I was in my prime, baby. No, that's not true. All right, I was eating pizza every other day. Anyway, but I was like, I I, I hadn't got sick for a while, and all of a sudden, my body just started. Like, in one moment, my body said, we've had enough. Like, I'm stopping you because you can't keep doing this this way. And how many of our spirits are doing the exact same thing to us right now? Man, here we are. We're trying to do everything we can. And the reality is we're trying to accomplish without connection. We're trying to produce. But the problem is if you're trying to produce but you're not connected to God, you're doing it in your own power. And there's only so much of that power that's available. There's only so much of that strength that's available. Parents, that's the reason you keep snapping on your kids. It's because you're running out of you. Therefore, the only thing that's left is an empty cup. But what could happen if the cup was full of something more than just us, but Jesus was on the surface. And that's why he's the vine and we're the branches. We're connected to something bigger than us, right? But he says, if we don't do it, we're going to get burned. Listen to me. That's why I want you to understand today that joy is connection to Jesus, but joy is robbed in isolation from Jesus. The greatest way to lose joy is to not be connected to Jesus. The greatest way to lose joy is not be connected. Why? Because now you're left all on your own now not to say that the lord leaves you but sometimes we just stop looking for him right so is the spirit of god with us as christians at all times of course that doesn't mean we consult with him doesn't mean we go to him right that's why i think it's important that we understand because we were talking about activity a second ago and i think activity is one of the greatest thieves of joy because we try to stay so busy that we're not even looking for god in so many places but this is the other part of activity right activity without connection it brings anxiety The reason many of us are anxious is because we're doing and doing and doing, right? But we're not connected to the one that can actually do it for us. Therefore, we're getting burnt out and we're anxious about why it's not happening. So let me go, 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 right? Pedal the metal, let's do this. We're going to kill it on the world let's go start this company and launch this thing get six degrees in five years or whatever you know, we're like we're like killing it and then all of a sudden we pick our head up one day and we're like i think i'm dying i can't keep doing it like this right and and, and, and then we become so anxious about like, god I, I gotta make sure this happens and this happens I, I took the i started taking these classes and i got into this and i launched this thing and i know i'm doing this and this gotta happen It needs to work out this way if it doesn't work out this way everyone's gonna think about failure i'm so anxious that i have all this energy and it's like god's like yeah bro Maybe you shouldn't be doing some of this. And we're like, no, 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 that's not God, <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on, y'all been there. Don't look at me like that. Y'all been there. God's like, do this. And you're like, nah, that's not God. Because <laughs> the, the reality is this, right? We try to be active, but listen, we're not active and connected to God. We're just active trying to replace God. And then we get anxious about the outcome. Now, I know none of you are there. But for those of us that may have been there before, we know what this feels like, right? So we go back to John 15, where he continues to talk, and we pick up in verse 8, right? He says, For this, by this, I mean, my Father is glorified, and you being burned out." No, I'm just kidding. That's not what he like. saying. There's a comma, not a period. All right. So by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Well, what does it mean to bear fruit? Well, to have Love, joy, patience, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. So when we have those things, God is more glorified in our life. And when we don't have those things, God is less glorified with our life. So here's the question that I have for us. How many of us think that it's in what we do that God is being glorified in our life rather than what we have when we're with him? Again, for some of us, we're trying to be the best parent We're trying to be the best spouse. We're trying to be best. Maybe if you're single, you're trying to be best in some sort of friendships or relationships. We're trying to be best employee. We're trying to be the best boss. We're trying to be the best entrepreneur. We're trying to be the best influencer. We're trying to be the best student, teacher. We're trying, we're trying, we're trying, we're doing everything we can. And even, listen to me, from a good place, trying to honor God with our life, we're trying to be all of these things so that God would be glorified in our life. And God's saying, are you laying down peace and joy in your pursuit of success? Because I'm not nearly as glorified in your success as I am in how you carry yourself. God says, I'm more concerned with you having joy in unfortunate circumstances than you having everything together all the time. He is glorified in how you bear fruit. Because that's how we let the world know we're his disciples. So, I'll even put it to you like this. Your daily scripture quote on Facebook doesn't mean nearly as much as how you talk to your coworkers. Because one of those actually bears fruit, and the other one's just a projection. Listen, we all know people that don't love Jesus any more than they love the pizza guy when he shows up, but they post scriptures every day on Facebook and Instagram, right? Don't be one of them. You know what I'm talking about? So, the reality is this. Listen, because we want to have joy, but we only have joy when we're connected to Jesus. And so, But many of us think we got to work and work and work and work, and if we get all of things lined up perfectly, then we can have joy. But I'm here to tell you, actually, joy... Joy is the starting point, not the end goal. So it's not that joy is the outcome of you doing all of those things. Listen to me. Joy, if it's at the beginning of all of those things, actually makes all of these things become an outcome. But what are we tempted to do? Work, hustle, grind, go, go and if we can do it all right if we can get the right circumstances if we can line all of this up then we can have joy but have any of you ever realized that nothing goes according to plan? Yeah. Come on, help me out. Nothing and nothing in your life has ever gone exactly how you thought it was going to go. Now you might get to the end and it still went well, but it didn't go the way you thought it was, right? Cuz the reality is this, we need God in control of the car. But sometimes he takes a left when we definitely want to go right. Or at best straight, you know what I mean? Because when things are, come on, you you've been connected to God in that way where you and God were good. You felt like life was like, man, we're, everything's good right now. This is what I'm talking about. We're killing it for Jesus. In Jesus' name, I'll go through hell with a squirt gun, baby. Let's get it. You know, like we're we're locked in, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus, as the pilot, he's the one steering the car. He's like, all right, we're gonna go left here, and we're like, here. He's like, hey, I think we need to go forgive this person that hurt us. And you're like, nope, come on, Jesus. We're going back this way. No, no, we're not doing that. You know what I mean? He, he's, like, he's like, hey, I think we need to, we need to start praying for that person that, that meant harm against you. And we're like, yank that e-brake. I'm not going that way, Jesus. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Why? Because here we are. Things are good as long as they're going the way we think they should go. But the problem is, Jesus says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts you mean, Jesus is oftentimes going to do things differently than we want him to. Now, Again, I know none of this has ever happened to you, but you know someone. I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> but here's the problem that I think a lot of people, this is the lens we see Jesus through. And I think we've been conditioned this way. We've been conditioned to see Jesus, right, as if we do all the things right, then he loves us. And if we don't do the things right, then he doesn't love us. But I'm here to tell you that God's love is to be experienced, not earned. So what if, what if our joy came from the fact that God gives us love first and then we act out of that rather than acting trying to earn it? Would it change how we have joy if I didn't feel like God was the, the kid on the anthill with the magnifying glass waiting to get me every time I didn't do something right? But would I have true joy if I started from a place of saying, man, God loves me right here, right now and everything I'm going to do today, I'm going to do out of knowing that he loves me and that gives me joy because I know he's got me. That's real. So we go out of John 15. We go to verse 11 as we continue on with what what he was saying, right? These things I've spoken to you that my joy, Jesus is saying, that my joy would be in you and that your joy may be full. That word full there in some translations actually means complete. So Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you, doing all of these things, it's so that you can have joy, but not just have joy, you can be full of joy. You can have joy as much as you could possibly have joy. And that's what Jesus' desire is for us, that we would experience it this way. And so here's what I think it's important that you understand. The fullness of joy comes not in what we do, but in who we're connected to while we do it. So you think it's your accomplishments, but I'm here to tell you, joy doesn't come from accomplishments. It comes from being connected to Jesus while you accomplish. See, joy doesn't come from the outcome. Joy isn't the starting point. Joy isn't because all things went your way. Joy is knowing that Jesus is in control of the way. And so that's where joy is rooted because we're connected to him. And here's, here's the reality. We need to be connected to Jesus, but we also need to be connected to his people, right? That's why we have groups at TC. Groups are amazing because people get in relationships, They get into connections, They start having people help walk with them. And so we need to abide with Jesus. We need to connect with his people. And we, we're getting ready to launch groups in January, which is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be amazing. So we love groups here at TC. And if you've been thinking of starting a group, we want to encourage that because amazing things happen when we're in groups. And we have a story of one of the ladies in our church that launched one last season, and we want to show it to you. Go ahead, guys.
1: My name is Terry Cash. The name of our group is Life Unmasked. So our group met on Thursday nights at 630. The group is for any ladies that um, want to learn uh, how to be a better friend and what to look for in a friend's group. When Phaedra approached me about doing this group, I originally was thinking, I can't do this group. Nobody's gonna come to this group. Nobody knows me. Why would they come to this group? And then I had the realization that that wasn't from the Lord, that was from the enemy. And so I was like, all right, Lord, I'm gonna trust you to bring people. And we all experience that awkwardness the first time we meet together because we don't know anybody. So that was kind of cool with our group that really nobody knew anybody. A pivotal moment in our group uh, was twice. Uh, One of us opened up with um, some pain that that we were going through. And then that was like a domino effect because then someone else said, oh, I'm experiencing the exact same pain. Only God could do that. But we had a great celebration because one of our ladies got married. And then my co-leader thought, wouldn't it be great if our group volunteered to serve at the Bellevue Middle School Carnival? I would say 90% of us showed up for that. And that was a lot of fun. The most rewarding thing about leaving this group, I have new friends, and that we have a common bond beyond having Jesus in the center of our life. That we've experienced ups and downs, and a lot of those are the exact same things. So I feel like when you're around other ladies who've experienced and overcome a few things, that disarmors the enemy coming after you. I think I would really like to challenge ladies that are like, 50 and over, leading a group because a lot of times when we look around, we see people a lot younger than us, but all these people that are younger need mentors. They need to be able to relate to people who have gone before them to give them hope, to give them encouragement that they too can thrive, not just survive, but thrive.
0: So important, man, and and if, you, if you're in that group, man, we'd love to see you connect, and even maybe even lead a group. You can get all that information at my CC that life if you if you want to do that, um, because being connected is key, right? And I remember uh, this. There was a, a a guy that I worked with at one point, and he had worked at the same company for years. He was a janitor. His name was Earl. We called him Earl the janitor, right? And. Uh, Earl was so funny, man, because Earl was one of those dudes you couldn't make upset. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, he would, it would be one of those things, like, as a janitor, sometimes you're vacuuming, but sometimes you got to do some stuff you don't really want to do, you know? And so, but there was never a situation where Earl was, like, mad, upset, lost it, nothing. And would be like, man, Earl, that's a, it's a rough day. He said, it's only a rough day until it becomes a good day. (laughs) It's like, shut up, man, you know, like... (laughs) Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. People that are too happy for no reason. You're like, you're questioning them. Like, I don't know, right? But Earl was that kind of guy, man. He was just like, he couldn't be, he couldn't be bothered because he, he just had something on the inside of him. There was something different about Earl than there was about everybody else, you know? And so it's like, man, this is an unfortunate circumstance. He's like, circumstances, unfortunate circumstances are just opportunities. And I was like, okay, boy, if you don't get out of here, you know? Because, but that was just his attitude, right? And he had these, these little Earl statements, and so eventually, like, I remember sitting in the catalog department one day, I was I was in sales and I was sitting there and we were all talking, and uh, so something kind of negative had happened, and one of the guys was like, Well, you know, Earl would say it's only it's, it's not a bad day, it's just a bad moment, and it's only a bad moment until it's a good moment, you know? And we were all like, brother, get get out. We don't want to talk to you right now. But it was true, because Earl just had these this way of Being present in the moment and seeing everything not as terrible because of what it was, knowing that it could turn around any minute, right? To the degree, it was so funny. To the degree, Earl eventually quit and he moved to Miami, which I don't know what we were paying janitors at this particular place, but nonetheless, he he moved to Miami. But what I thought was so interesting is there was almost like this, what would Jesus do culture at the job? But it was more like, what would Earl say? you know what I mean? And so literally the people around the office would be like, well, you know, Earl would say, and then they would say some random one-liner that made everyone feel better, right? And so everyone started doing this. Well, you know, Earl would say, you know, and people started working there after Earl left and they would be going, you know, Earl would say, but brother, you never met Earl. (laughs) Don't be quoting Earl to me. I knew Earl, you know what I mean? Like, Why? Because it was like, man, there was something contagious about this idea that there was someone that thought highly of the opportunity and it became a culture in that place. It was like, you know, Earl would say, and then we would speak life in an opportunity where everyone had their head low. Man, what a killer opportunity to be like Earl, right? And being like Earl is not the goal. Being like Jesus is, I know. Let's get that corny Christian cliche out of the way for a second. But man, I learned a lot from Earl, and hear me, he wasn't my CEO. He wasn't even a CFO or anything else with the O at the end. He was Earl the janitor. And for some people, you may not think twice about something like that. But I'm mean, going to tell you, Earl, he made a deep impact on my life. Right? Because he walked around no matter what the situation was, he just walked around with the same mentality. Earl had joy regardless of the circumstances. Right? He was connected to something bigger than himself and that's why the key to obtaining joy isn't striving it's abiding the key to obtaining joy isn't doing everything you can it's just being connected to jesus right but what is that i know for some of you you're like Brad, I, I want to be connected to Jesus. I just ain't figured this out just yet, all right? I'm new to this or whatever. Or maybe you've been saved 20 years, but you still had not figured this out. Well, there's a lot of ways you can do it, but I just want to give you one, right? We, at TC, we call it the first 15. And it's taking the first 15 serious. And so I wanna to issue to you, it's like a first 15 challenge. And if you start it in December, maybe it's something you could keep going every day next year because I think it'd be a great opportunity for you. But here it is, you ready? It's a five minute Devo every day. So you spend five minutes just letting a devotion speak into your life. You can use the version Bible app or you know whatever, just anything, but it's just reading a Devo that speaks life to you. Five minutes in prayer, so spending five minutes just praying to God, thanking him for everything he's done in life, what he's doing in your life, what he's everything, you know, being connected to him. God, help me, help me have joy in circumstances that may not even present it as an option. Help me be connected to you. Help me, right? And then th- this last one, this one was really hard for me. I'm not gonna lie to you, five minutes of rest. Some of you are like, Brad, I need five days of rest. Well, don't confuse vacation with rest. All right? When I, when I say rest, Here's what rest is for me, right? Uh, Before I do anything, I'll sit in my car. I'll turn it off unless it's summertime. Then I'm going to let that bad boy run. But uh, I'll turn the radio off. I put my phone on, do not disturb. And I sit in complete silence. And in all aspects of my life where I'm the one driving the boat, I take five minutes and surrender in that moment, reminding myself that God's actually in control and I just rest. You're like, and you may be like, Brad, that sounds really simple. Simple? Yes. Easy? Not always. Because life is so busy. Now some of you are like, Brad, I wake up to a naked child every morning that took their diaper off and threw it across the room or whatever. So maybe it's not the first thing you get to do but it's a thing that you do before you go to work or whatever. Or, or, and I know many people do it this way. When they get, they get to work 15 minutes early and they do it in their car. Whatever it is, take 15 minutes. I'm telling you right now, it'll change your life. Because you'll find out true joy is actually being connected to Jesus. And so here's what I found, a constant connection to Jesus with prayer, devotion, and moments of rest. I promise you, it will increase your joy. Because you can't connect to Jesus and not have it. He's divine, we're the branches and fullness of joy is found in him, right? And so here's what I think. Some of you have come, maybe, it's, maybe for some of you, this is your first week and man, we're so excited that you're here, right? But the reality is when we come into TC, there's joy here. That's one of the reasons I love this place is because people walk in. I love seeing people get out of the car. They're like new to this environment and they get out of the car and sometimes they're not in the best of moods, you know what I mean? Like, and so by the time they make it to the door and 36 high five laters, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So some people are like, are you guys always like this? We're like, yeah, we're always like this, right? Uh, but they're like, after like 15 high fives, some handshake, shoulder pads and an ice coffee they're like you know what I think things are better than I thought they were (laughs) you know and uh, there's something about walking into a place that's full of joy that helps you connect to the fact that you should have it too and and here's the thing that I want you to grab a hold of Uh, as as Christians and and if you like TC, if you're part of TC I definitely challenge you because you're part of the TC family what if what we walked in with was what we walked out with Ooh. How could we change the world if when we walked in, that joy we felt, we carried it when we walked out and we made a difference in our world when we were out there? Because I truly believe this. I truly believe this. Having joy, right? Having joy could show the world a small portion of what it means to have Jesus. Man, we could change some things that way. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you that you are our source of joy. Jesus. You are the vine. You're the root system. We're connected to you. And I thank you so much that we can be connected to you. I thank you that you haven't left us. You're not forsaken us. You're with us through your spirit. And so, Jesus, I pray that we would all, as a church, recognize that we can be connected to you in great ways. And as we connect to you, we actually find all the things we're actually trying to find in our life. So, Jesus, I pray that you encourage our hearts through your spirit, We're reminded that you abide with us as we abide in you. And so I pray, God, for every person today that they would find great joy in their connection to you. Those that are gonna accept and walk in the 15-minute challenge, the first 15. God, I pray that you help lead them in that and that you just help inspire them to be greater, God, but to live a life full of joy because they're connected to you. Help all of us do that. And so we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're gonna walk us through each step of every day. As Earl would say, There are no bad days. There's just bad moments until the good moments arise. And I pray that we would connect to the fact that we could take that mentality and show people what it really means to be connected to Jesus. And so we thank you for it and we love you. In Jesus' name, with everyone's heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, Brad, I would love to abide in Jesus, but if I were honest, I don't know Jesus. I wouldn't say he's the Lord of my life. I wouldn't say I've given my life to him. Maybe I know about him, but I wouldn't say I know him. But today there's something going on in the inside of my heart and I need to know him. And if today, if that's you, I'm here to tell you, he's ready to meet you right where you're at. And so today, if you're ready to say, you know what, Jesus, I believe that when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins. And because you paid for my sins, I can be new and start over with God as the king of my life. Today, I'm ready to say yes to that. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart. It says, I'm believing that Jesus is saving me. And if that's the case, the whole church is gonna pray with you right now. So let's pray out loud. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new, give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that pray that perhaps for the first time, man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God
1: wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.